Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. So this week we are talking about the buzzy new alien abduction thriller that just premiered on Hulu, director Brian Duffield's No One Will Save You, which stars Caitlin Dever and relies on a very interesting little conceit. It is almost dialogue-free. So this has been much talked about the last couple of days, although only really on my social media. I don't know if I actually would have seen this if people weren't actually talking about it. I saw it with Ashley two nights ago. I just brought this up to you guys not too long ago, so I'm sure you guys just saw it recently. I think, Amir, you just saw it today, right? Right before this recording. Yeah, I just saw it today. I hadn't even heard of this movie before you brought it up. I was going to say, I actually started it over the weekend. I couldn't continue. I only got like maybe like 20 minutes in, far enough to not know that it was no dialogue <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Really? Then, yeah. Like 20 minutes in, you're still not like. Because 20 minutes in, it was a just like. Sus. It was like. Okay, because right, right. she's alone most yeah, of the time. You're part. suspicious, but you don't necessarily. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much just did the first action sequence. Mm. And then that was kind of it. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to go somewhere. I'll finish this later. And then you were like, hey, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'll finish this up. Well, we'll talk about later when it becomes pretty obvious to me that there's very little words spoken throughout this whole movie. But yeah, I was kind of seeing similar buzz just being on like Twitter. People were like, oh, like this is a fun little movie and people should be watching it. Yeah. So I was excited that we were uh, going to do this one. Um, are you guys familiar with Brian Duffield at all? Not no. even the slightest. Have you seen his previous movie? Yeah. So he's only directed this and a movie from 2020 called Spontaneous, which I've seen. Uh, it's a cute little movie. It's like a rom-com that just so happens to have spontaneous human combustion in it. It's kind of fun. Nothing to really write home about, but he has a lot of writing credits. Some are kind of stinky, but some of them are pretty good. Standout is probably 2020's Underwater. Have you guys seen that? It's the William Eubank. Oh, that's the Kristen Stewart movie. Yeah, the Kristen yeah. Stewart Cthulhu movie. <laughs> yeah. That one's really fun, actually. I really yeah, yeah. do like that one. Yeah, I remember liking that one, too. Yeah, so this is only his second directorial effort, and... You know, it's got this little, I guess, gimmick that there's little to no spoken dialogue in this. Should we get right into it? What'd you guys think of this? I didn't know about the gimmick before turning on the movie. So like okay. Doug, I kind of had to discover it as I was watching. I really liked this. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I had my reservations. I think it starts stronger than it ends probably, but I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was interesting enough to maybe paper over some of the flaws. What did you guys think? I actually really had a lot of fun with this too. I think the conceit was really fun. Again, like Amir, I kind of discovered it. You mentioned earlier, there's a certain point where I was like, oh, okay, I don't think there's going to be any dialogue spoken in this. And to find out that I was kind of correct. You know, I do appreciate the just goal to just get into it, right? There's not really much setup for this. There's no waiting around. I really did appreciate some of the set pieces I thought it was a lot of fun. I will agree that I think the ending is where I get a little bit lost for this one. You know, I was pleasantly surprised. I kind of equated, nah, I don't really kind of equate it because I like that movie a lot more. But, you know, because this is on Hulu, this wasn't 
like in theaters and this was a surprise hit. It kind of reminds me of last year's Prey in that regard. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think Prey is a much better movie ultimately. But Seeing yeah. a lot of comparisons to that, yeah. Yeah. I, I still had fun with this. I had a lot of fun with this. Because of like all the buzz you're talking about, Jeff, and um, you know, like, he got some pretty okay Rotten Tomatoes scores as well. But I think the Google reviews or something, the audience ratings were really, really split. There's a ton of fives and a ton of ones. So I think this one's pretty polarizing, which I think sets you up for your answer probably, Jeff. Yeah, I didn't see the audience scores or anything like that or even look up Rotten Tomatoes until just a second. I think it's like high 70s right now or something. Um, Yeah, 80% critic on Rotten Tomatoes, 58% audience. I don't know. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't really mean anything. I know we always quote the Rotten Tomatoes scores, but after that expose came out about studios buying reviews and like, you know, that line between critics and influencers, who the fuck knows? It doesn't mean anything. And it's also like really easily misread and people manipulate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so my experience with this movie is kind of funny because I fucking loved the first half hour of this movie. Yeah. I was so into this. The formal aspects not really showing the alien really understands the language of horror. Like I was really yeah, impressed with the dude, formality of the, of the so first like half hour. Fucking it's good. really good. The blocking, close-ups of her face, everything. The sound is excellent. It's dude, really, it's really good. So good. I would say it's kind of like a cross between signs and a quiet place, kind of. Both movies you like. Both movies that I like. And you know, I think Caitlin Dever does a great job with no dialogue. I think she's a great actress, even when she's given lines, but the way that she carries herself in this is really, really good. Man, and it's scary and it's tense. And the last half is so fucking smelly. I hated it. (laughs) Dude, it's fucking stinky. I don't like it. I think the ending is terrible. Showing the aliens so much is such a wrong move here. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I applaud the commitment to just go full on, fuck it, gray guy aliens, you know, like the typical cliche alien shapes that we always see, like little gray men, which I like. I like that. But then they show them so much and then they're so goofy sometimes with... Like the long arms and the semaphore movements and stuff. I don't think that CG looks great, and they do it so much. So I agree. I don't think the CG looks great, but I liked the creature design, actually. I liked that there were a bunch of different kinds of grays. Yeah. And like some of them and have the super long and arms yeah. and super long legs, and some just have weird-looking arms and like... They're all weird looking. I thought the creature design was really good. The sounds they make are super creepy. Yeah. I actually like the creature design. Like, I, I get where you're coming from. Where you're like, oh, I wish I'd seen less of them. But I thought the creature design was kind of fun. I think if it had just been one kind of alien, I might have been like, ugh. Kind of right. boring. It's just I agree. Crazy. But like, I like that some of them are like little dudes, like with big arms. And some yeah, of them yeah, are like yeah, just yeah. like normal sized gray aliens. And some of them have like super long arms and legs and like jump over your house and stuff. I like that, actually. I like the variety. The variety is fun. The little thing that lives in their throat or whatever is super creepy, too. Yeah, I know. It's just from Aliens, but it still works. It's still super gross. I guess, I don't know. Maybe the CGI didn't bother me as much. It felt like a throwback, almost, to, 
you know, like older alien movies. This is very much a shape and like a distinguishable enough alien that it reminds me of Close Encounters, right? You know, mm-hmm. back in that era versus like when you bring up A Quiet Place, that's a very different type of alien, right? It's very like Yeah, absolutely. This. I think like the poor CGI almost kind of brings it back to like I'm watching maybe a movie from like the 70s or 80s, you know what I mean? It's like an interesting vintage. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, that's what I appreciate about it. It's grabbing at something... That's a little bit older, like a little bit more nostalgic, but then trying Mm -hmm. to fit it in the sense of modern movie making, right? With the pacing, the fast-paced action. And and I think I do appreciate it for jumping straight into it because in a way feel like I know what these aliens are. But then for them to show us right away, like, this is one you kind of recognize. And then it starts to get into the variety of Amira saying like tall, skinny ones with long arms or short, fast ones that are like baby stature. You know what I mean? like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did appreciate that. I want to go back to just Jeff. Do you finish your point or – I'm sorry. I know we cut you off there to defend the movie. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was just going to say that my main gripe isn't the CGI though. I think it kind of bothered me. But what really bothered me was like the stark contrast between the first 30, 40 minutes and then the rest of the movie. The craft of the suspense and scares is just so much better in the first half. And I think by showing the aliens, it deflates the strength of the first half. And I think this movie kind of bends over backwards for its dialogue-free conceit. I don't think it entirely works. Yeah, there's one particular scene we'll get into. (laughs) Uh, I think we all probably have the same idea of what scene that is, Mm -hmm. but we'll get to that. And I'm just kind of tired of thinly veiled metaphor horror. You know, again, it's about past trauma and grief. Again, it's very, very thinly veiled. I don't do anything with this movie. And I'm sorry, but the ending's really bad, I think. (laughs) I think they really drop the ball and fumble the ending there. Yeah, which which we'll get into. Which really doesn't make any sense with what they're trying to do with the metaphor. I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, so if you guys want to give us a little synopsis... Caitlin Dever plays this girl named Bryn. I guess she's like a designer or a seamstress of some sort, yeah, right? seamstress. Yeah, yeah, so she lives at her, I guess, childhood home, because they show flashbacks of her in that home uh, by herself. And she's lost both her mom and her best friend, Maud. There's a little bit of, like, hereditary, where she constructs a little model town in her living room. And she's always thinking about her best friend, who we don't really find out what happened to her until later in the movie. It's fucking hilarious, by the way. But she's awoken one night to discover that there is someone in her house, and she realizes that it is an alien. The rest of the movie is her trying to deal with the aliens in her house and this, I guess, kind of invasion, and there's flying saucers, and infected townspeople and running around town and the whole thing is without dialogue a taut 90 something minutes i think it was 92 93 minutes or something it's Mm -hmm. super short which i always like something that you can just plop down and watch in one sitting easily on your laptop but basically that's just the movie like i said i do like caitlin dever a lot and she does a lot of heavy lifting in this you know i want to talk just a bit about the formalist elements of that first 30 minutes or so because i do think they're so so great yeah particularly like the blocking like when she's yeah. peeking up over the car to see her dead friend's parents 
You just like see her yeah. eye coming up over the car or like when the alien's in her bedroom and you just see it coming through the door, like just a little bit of it in the shot and you the bed is taking up like the whole thing. And then she's yeah. under the bed and you're just seeing its feet. All of it is like so, so, so good. And like you're jumping in to see her face and then out to get the perspective. It's really, really, really good. I don't know. Yeah. What else impressed you about this, Jeff? The sound design's really good too for something with no yeah, dialogue. It's excellent. You gotta have like punchy sound, and this sounded great. Oh, it's so good. The boards creaking under her feet. Yeah. And just like all the diegetic cues. It's so tense, you know, because she's in her house running from these aliens, and any little sound she makes, you go, oh no, they're gonna find her. So the boards creaking under her feet, the phone ringing. The alien yeah. itself moving around. like this, you're, you're absolutely right. The sound is excellent. I'm willing to forgive a lot of the second half shenanigans just on the strength of the first half. Because when I was watching with Ashley, we were both like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like every five seconds during the first half, right? Again, with the sound design, when she's like under the bed and the alien jumps up on the bed and like the mattress springs are creaking. It's so loud. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Because so there's a jump scare where it comes off the bed and you're seeing its weird fucked up feet for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Like, that CGI actually looked good. It looked good. It, but it wasn't trying to do too much. And I thought it was super creepy that she actually kills one of them mm -hmm. with one of the model house churches, model town churches that she has. She just picks it up and jams it into the side of his head. And he's, like, all fucked up. It's pretty creepy. I really, really like that. So I was really excited going into the second half. And then, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because I was going to say, I do appreciate what they were going with that first half. I mean, how I felt after watching that. Well, we're half an hour in and like this is the climax of another alien movie, right? Uh huh. That's what it felt like. Other alien movies, we would have waited the whole time to see the alien, to interact with the alien. Yeah. Have yeah, the yeah. final confrontation with this alien, right? Yeah. But this is like the first 25, 30 yeah, minutes. First yeah, first 25, 30 minutes is like she's getting chased. We see the alien in full and, you know, she kills him. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it was a really cool idea that, you know, she grabs onto the thing, but she can't move. It's basically the alien's fault, right? Because the alien that turns her around, right? Mm -hmm. She was able to jam that thing right into his head. And like, I thought that was a really cool sequence. I agree with both of you guys. This first 30 minutes is just exhilarating. And honestly, they were trying to reach for a surprise and a high that I think works. But then I don't think the rest of the movie meets up to it. And I think that's where <laughs> I think it suffers. It peaked. Yeah, it peaks. I think it, it absolutely peaks, peaks. When she kills that alien. I agree. I think it peaks. That's why I see your concerns, Jeff. I do think... There are things I like about the second half that I still had a lot of fun yeah, with. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that first alien is not the second half, by the way. That's like the first 20 minutes. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. Minutes, that's yeah. what we're saying, yeah. It's a 90-minute movie. I think there's another pretty good 20 minutes in there to get to the halfway point. Yeah. When does it start to fall out? Like, what's the part where you're like, oh, right. <laughs> right after that when she goes <laughs> into town? Oh, really? I don't know. I think the dialogue-free stuff works when she's alone. But you're yes. really bending backwards to, like, fulfill that conceit when you're going into town and you're going to the police station and, you know, she encounters Maud's parents. Maud's mom spits in her face. So, first of all... Dude, that was highly insane. Well, first of all, by the end of the movie, you're kind of like, okay, she kind of deserved that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But you don't even know that yet. I don't know. Is the trauma with your best friend's parents, your dead best friend's parents... Does that, like, take precedence over you talking to the police about, I don't know, the dead fucking alien in your house? <laughs> I don't know, right? You're kind of just circumventing. It's relevant that the dead friend's father is the chief of police. 
Yeah, he's not I just guess. some random guy, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can understand how you just feel like rejected. Just like, okay, this is not a safe group of people to unburden myself to. To be like, oh yeah, there's a dead alien in my house. They'd be like, uh, what? Yeah, I mean, maybe don't talk to the cops, but. How about, like, I don't know, do you Anybody? know anyone in town? <laughs> yeah. Anybody? Like, do you have friends? Well, she doesn't. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Uh, not an exile, but like Basically. a- Basically. <laughs> not an exile or a recluse. I forget the word, but she's a, a Introvert. No, no, a no. Pariah. She's a, she's yeah, a pariah. Pariah. Yeah. Introvert. <laughs> Someone who likes to do crosswords <laughs> and shit instead of going to frat parties. She's a pariah, right? In the community, right? Like, that's the sense you get is that there's no friends. I don't think it's just the parents. I think the whole town is supposed to kind of hate her for what she did. Yeah. Mm. Right? There's notably no dad. There's no other friends. There's no other family. You go, hey, is that maybe a stretch? But there's people like that, right? Who just have no social connection. Yeah. Who's to say that's not a manifestation of her trauma is her inability to ever connect with people or not feel judged or whatever. Like, it's not realistic. The the whole no dialogue Mm -hmm. thing in the town is not realistic. But it totally worked for me as a, like, oh, okay, like, this is what we're doing. I-, I thought it was suitably isolating and creepy. It's not like she doesn't have proof, right? I feel like you could bring anyone to the house and be like, yo, look at, look at this shit. <laughs> but You could. I get what you're saying, Amir. Yeah. Uh, but also, I don't think she knows that until she goes back to her house and checks that the dead body's still there. Because mm-hmm. in my head, I was like, what if you go back and it's not there, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Something that happens in every horror movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I totally bought into the logic of the authorities are not safe. Mm-hmm. I agree with Jeff that I think the scene is just a little too heavy with the, hey, look at us. We're trying to stick to this. Nobody is going to say anything. It looks like words are just about to come out of the sheriff's mouth. And that's when mm-hmm. Maud's mom spits in her face, stops the sheriff from saying anything. It becomes completely obvious in that scene that no one is purposely trying to say anything and then when that happens it like really takes me out of the movie right they do Uh, that a bunch of times yeah where people are about to say something i mean that's just the way that something like this is gonna go it's fine i mean i'm saying it's not fine i think it really bothers me (laughs) (laughs) that really bothers me because then it just becomes obvious right then it takes me out of the movie it takes me out of like being engrossed in this story in this world one of the worst offenses i think this movie has is because it's trying to stick so hard to this idea that it it actually works against it in -hmm. a way but i do think it leads to a fun scene afterwards or a little bit later because when she first goes into town, it purposely shows that there's like not that many people in this town. You kind of wonder, are people been abducted? Like, where is everyone? And then she goes into the sheriff's station. There's like people there. And Maud's mom like spits in her face, right? It seems like these people are normal. So like, it makes you kind of question, is she the only one that got attacked by an alien? Mm-hmm. And then it leads into the bus scene, which I thought was pretty fun. I like that. Yeah. yeah, where we find out, no, other people were attacked last night. Not just attacked, they're being controlled. By yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know that someone else has been attacked because as she's going to town, she sees that the house next to her has been ransacked and has little crop circles mm-hmm. on the lawn, yeah. right? So yeah, you yeah. already do suspect that maybe even if some people in town are normal, definitely not everybody is. Well, they're that drone shot. They're driving in the car and- you know, you see all the lawns with the cross yes. circles on them. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought the bus sequence was good. I did like that. Mm-hmm. It's so creepy. Because that's the reveal that the aliens can control people. So I yeah, thought it was yeah, just yeah. going to be like a creepy dude is like creeping on her and she feels like she just like can't deal with the human contact and has to leave the bus. 
Um, so I'm glad that they didn't do that, and it was actually alien zombies because that's much cooler. Wait, wait, sorry. Can they control people, or do they duplicate people? No, they don't duplicate people because the things are in their throat. But what was that scene later? When was that all still just in her head? When she no, no, that was like, real. I just that, think that they broke out a special something else, a special duplicate for her. Okay, okay, <laughs> well, all right. And that's one okay. of the things that bothered me too. So, are you like alien possessors, or are you guys Dupers. alien fucking? <laughs> Duplicators or whatever, transmogrifiers or whatever, you know? Pick a lane. Yeah, is it like body snatcher duplicate thing or like pick one? Yeah. That scene with the family didn't bother me. Like the bus scene, I think we all kind of liked. I thought all the people staring at the sky with the things in their throats was really creepy and effective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm rocking with it all the way up through here. I think for me, the movie loses me. In that second alien encounter in her house, I thought it was not... It's not as good. It's not as good as no, the first one. No, it's not one. as good. Agree completely. And this is the point where like, I start to question, you know, especially by the end, like, what's going on here? Like, are they actually trying to snatch people? Are they trying to kill everybody? Are they trying to study everybody? What's going on here? Help me understand, are they just trying to kill her? Are they trying to take over her body? I'm not too sure. Because, again, it's really confusing by the end when there's a thing that they could put in their mouth to clone them, but there's also people that are just straight up possessed. It's very confusing what's actually going on in this world. Uh, What bothered me was also, like, the choice just to go back to her house, Mm. you know? Like, you already got your shit ruined in your house, and you tried leaving town. Okay, sure, that doesn't work, but I don't know. You already know that there are aliens there. Why would you go back there? You know what I mean? I kind of like that she's floundering, doesn't like have a plan or whatever. She's not fucking, I don't yeah, know, yeah, John yeah. Rambo or <laughs> John she's Wick. Not, she's not a fucking, yeah, John Wick. Fox Mulder. Yeah, Fox Mulder, <laughs> Dana Scully. She's not the agent of XCOM. <laughs> uh, killing sectoids. <laughs> she's, uh. I mean, she kills a bunch of them. She does, yeah. The kills are pretty good. The kills Way are pretty than good. Any rookie I've ever recruited in XCOM, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Notoriously hard game, XCOM. Yeah, I would definitely want her on the squad. She's <laughs> just kind of fumbling her way to victory. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. kills one with a broken mop, and then the one in the car. The one in the car is pretty cool, because, like... It is cool, man. He puts his foot through the gas tank, and then she lights it on fire, and he's stuck in the car, and he gets fucking barbecued. Yeah. It's great. That's a good kill. Yeah, that one's cool, too. I agree that the stuff in the house with the... And how many aliens is it in the house the second time? Is it two separate ones? Like a tall, skinny one, and the short one that she kills? Yeah, so yes. it's the one it's she two, kills in the right? beginning... And then the short one with the long arms, the long monkey arms or whatever. And then there's a tall, skinny one. And then I feel like there's another even taller one outside, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, the gangly one. Yeah, the gangly one. That dies in the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's three in the second house one. Which I agree it's not as strong, but it is cool that you see all these different weird-ass types of aliens. Uh Uh-huh. I did think that that was cool. Yeah. And the telekinesis is fucking scary shit. Yeah, yeah, the television is She's trying to scary. sneak up on one of them. It catches her coming and flicks its fingers and she yeah. gets thrown through a wall. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. nuts, man. It's it really shocking stuff. I thought it was great. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I laughed out loud when we see that really tall alien doing like tutting. You know what I mean? Like when it's like uh, doing the its arm thing. It's like air traffic control guys on a fucking strip guide the UFO down or something. I thought it looked kind of dumb. Yeah, I thought it was pretty dumb. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that moment. <laughs> 
I like that it's just doing weird alien shit. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I have no idea what the fuck this thing is doing, but it's obviously doing some weird alien shit. All right, cool. Like, I, I, I like that it was just weird and goofy looking. Yeah, so I, I do think that some of the visuals, while some are cool, I thought some of it was pretty silly. <laughs> yeah, so there are bits in the second half that I really liked that I wish they did more of. There's one part where, like, she sees the alien, it's facing, like, the wall. And it turns around, but not in like a normal way. Yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah, Where, like, I do. All the different it. parts twist around at like different times. It's so fucking crazy looking. It was good. And that was so really fucking good. creepy. And it was like a little out of focus, so it didn't look bad either. I wish they did more of that. I thought that was more in line with what was going on in the first thirty minutes of the movie. You know, that was so cool. The kind of creepy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think about? Because this happens in the house too. The red anti-gravity beam and implantation thing. That's cool. I mean, it's fine. This is just riding the rails towards the end of the movie, right? I mean, it doesn't really lead anywhere, I don't think. The visuals are cool because they're taking the body of the dead alien out and everything. All the red in that scene where they're implanting the thing in her mouth or whatever. Yeah, it was cool. I didn't know where it was going. I think that thing is creepy, too. I do think that, yeah, it's just a facehugger from aliens or whatever, but it's insanely creepy. Like, the alien forces her to open her mouth and that alien tentacle ball has to crawl into her throat. Dude, it's so nasty. Yeah, and then she gets fucking uh, Carrie Russell Mission Impossible 3 right? Like, her eye goes <laughs> in the other direction. Do you guys catch that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it, like, finally possesses her. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it shows her a vision of, I guess, Maud, right? As though she was still alive. And that's somehow a trigger for her. And then that's how she escapes, knows that she's being controlled and is able to pull the thing out of her own mouth. Like, that's real really work muddy there. I don't yeah. know what's going on. It's a little fuzzy there. Yeah. Like, the why she suddenly is, oh, this is all fake bullshit. I do like that she's got to, like, jam her hand all the way down her throat to rip that thing out. That's also yeah. super nasty. Does she actually see her friend there? Isn't that like a vision of her friend? Yeah, I think she gets like a vision of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like really blurry, right? We can't tell what she looks like. It's very hazy. Again, kind of very hazy imagery. But my understanding is that that's her, right? That's her friend. This is like the central trauma of her life. So she knows that her friend is not alive and she knows this is fake. Kind of works. But then I guess she does finally actually get abducted, gets beamed up into (laughs) one of these ships and is being, I don't know what the right word for this. Being like, probed. Being probed. Yeah, her being memories are being searched. Like psychic aliens. Yeah, yeah. They're searching her memories. Yeah. And, you know, we find out what is the terrible thing that she did that basically, you know, has her shunned by her town, um, you know, made a pariah, like Amir said. And it's that she's the one who kills Maud, right? Fully deserved to be shunned, by the way. In my head. I always knew that she'd somehow was involved in yes. death, right? Because the mom spits in her face. Obviously, yes. she did something. But I thought it was like a childhood accident or something like that. They stole a car and did a joyride. Exactly. Like, that. like exactly. that's the kind of thing that you think is what happened. But it turns out she just hits her friend in the head with a rock. She grabs a rock and just smashes like the her The same face. way she kills the fucking alien. It's yes. fully yes. insane. <laughs> 
she just fucking mercs her friend, domes her in <laughs> the head wild. with a rock. It is wild. I was shocked by that. That was insane. This is where you lose me in the sense of rooting for this character. So I think they're sort of like rough housing, right? It's not, she doesn't just like sneak up on her friend out of nowhere, like brain her with a rock. They're like, <laughs> well, I don't know if they're rough. Uh, rough housing I mean, makes it sound like they're trying to have fun. It's, they okay, have it's an argument. An argument. Yeah, and then Maud an knocks her on the floor, on the ground. Yes. And then Bryn picks up the rock and like retaliates by hitting Maud in the head with the rock and it kills her. Yes. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy because like Dude, insane. Come on. <laughs> but stuff like this happens, right? Where like someone gets in a fight, usually a bunch of guys, right? But like the guy falls down, hits his head on like a fire hydrant or on the ground and dies, right? This is one of those freak accident things that can definitely happen. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you hit someone in the head with a rock, like bad things can happen. <laughs> I mean, all they had to do was show her push Maud over and she hits her head on a rock instead. Why well, yeah, you gotta have her a little, <laughs> a little less more... insane? Like, yeah, why do you have to yeah. make her like a straight up just murderer, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it almost feels like vindictive versus like accidental, right? Well, I feel like when you pick up a rock, there's intent yeah. behind that. <laughs> I was gonna say, besides the intent, besides it's a little absurd. I do think visually it's kind of a cool scene. The actual hit happens in like real time. But then once mm-hmm. the impact happens, Brynn is slowed down. It seems like Maud is frozen in time. Like, it's a cool visual. Yeah. I, I did cool like the visual. visual of it all. But yes, I think it is very silly that maybe these people are being too harsh on her to then find out like, no. No, she deserves right it. Of harsh <laughs> to her. She was a child, though. I, I do think there's a difference between doing that at like, I don't know, 12 and doing yes. it like 15 or 18, right? Mm-hmm. And intent matters too. Like she obviously didn't mean to kill her friend. She lashes out with a rock and a tragedy. <laughs> with happens, a rock, right? Yeah, like a tragedy happens. How but old like, are they supposed to be? They're like ten like, or twelve. They're very young. I feel like they're a little older. It seemed like they're a little older. I don't think so. I got twelve somewhere. I don't know if I read it. Okay, but I think twelve is the number that's in my head. Maybe that was like the dates on the headstone. That like mom oh, died. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Then this leads to the aliens. After they see this event, they're like, "All right, peace." They send her back <laughs> home. She wakes up, and she's okay. So you've actually skipped the whole bit with the doppelganger. I'm sorry. Oh yes, I'm so sorry. You're right. We did. So she gets them. implanted with the thing in her mouth. She realizes she's in a fake world. She pulls it out, and then she's running around running away from the aliens, and the aliens use the little thing she ripped out of her mouth to, like, make a doppelganger of her with, like, their tractor beam? I don't know. (laughs) It's very unclear, but... It's no annihilation, that's for sure. Yeah, it's very unclear. And so, like, this doppelganger of her chases her through the woods and stabs her. I think it's with a piece of the model house, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. The same way she killed the alien. And then she kills her doppelganger with an exacto knife. Yes. And then she's like kind of holding it tenderly. Like as it caressing dies, its face. Which I think yeah, is really yeah. weird. Yeah. Like that actually kind of bugged me because I was like, that doesn't make sense. You know this thing is an alien doppelganger sent to kill you. You don't have any feelings for it. Why are you like caressing this horrible alien creature that just tried to kill you and just stabbed you? Because like, she's forgiving herself for doming her friend. Forgive herself. Ugh, that's so <laughs> dumb. Ugh. That's so she dumb. She can move on. Now I hate She can that. be happy now, Amir. Ugh. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's so bad. This metaphor horror is so thin, man. It's I'm so bad. So that's so bad. sick of it. I didn't realize that's what it was supposed to be. That's so. Wait, I think bad. we're joking a little bit. But I don't know if it's like. Exactly I don't know if you're exactly that. joking though, because I think that's kind of where it's going. I don't think I'm joking. I feel like that's actually what they're trying to do. I here. think it is. Okay, so like the ending that we're gonna get to at first is a bit ambiguous, and I like kind of gave it the benefit of the doubt. But then I looked up what the director said, and we'll talk about it. And it definitely made me hate the ending even more when I saw his <laughs> rationale. So, <laughs> all right. So get into it, Derek. Sorry, I cut you off. So, yeah. So we went a little bit out of turn. All this stuff that I talked about, her being abducted and searching her memories happens after the whole doppelganger thing. So it's a doppelganger thing, her being beamed up, memory searched. And now we've gotten to the point where they said, peace out. They send her back to Earth. And if my memory's correct, that's when she wakes up. She's fine going through town. So, yeah, basically, it's like, hey, aliens, it's ableist to fucking probe me when I have all this trauma in my past. So you got to send me back. They infer her trauma from her memories or whatever. So they send her back without the parasite in her throat. Yes. But then everybody else has the parasite. Yeah. Yeah. Presumably, she's like the only human living amongst all these aliens now that have taken over Earth, and she's just happier Well, because everyone in town is nice to her now. Before, everybody hated her. She was this pariah, and now she's dancing through the streets, and she's like invited to social events and whatever. Like, there's a big dance. So, yeah. (laughs) And the last thing is, to make it absolutely clear, it pans out into the sky, and like, we see a bunch of flying saucers. So we know- Aliens are still there. Aliens have taken over. That's just like the final shot of the movie. So my first thing was like, okay, well, is this the aliens on the ship just messing with her mind? Yeah, that's what I thought too. Because I was like, why would they send her back? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, maybe this is her fantasy, a world in which she somehow could have gotten away and things could have been sort of (laughs) like- her black mercy. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. It really is, right? That's what I thought. But that's definitely not the intention. The intention is totally that this is real, which I think is- incredibly odd in like a bad way to be clear incredibly odd derogatory just it doesn't make sense or work for me yeah i think they were aiming for a twilight zone type ending and they just reverse engineered this whole thing yeah and it doesn't work like i appreciate the weirdness of it the connective tissue isn't there to to make it work because like you have to kind of know something about the aliens intentions to make them releasing her makes sense and for you to not doubt that you kind of have to understand the aliens intentions and throughout the movie we don't get their intentions which i'm fine with but then like you can't have the ending depend on us understanding that they're empathetic and can understand her mind and take pity on her and send her back while still enslaving the rest of humanity it doesn't work why is she the only one yeah it doesn't make any sense other people have fucked up shit happen to them too what you're not gonna give them the fucking boot from your ship so if it makes you feel any better The director does say in this interview by The Hollywood Reporter, uh, he does say that he likes the idea that it's a global thing, but there's a lot of people like Bryn. I don't know that she's the only one that has 7 billion people to still be themselves and be okay, but I like the idea that she is as far as she knows. So maybe she's not the only person on Earth, but she's like the only person in this area at least. And it is meant to be a redemptive ending, right? He says here she finally gets something that she didn't think she would ever deserve. And I like the idea that this kid who's gone through so much had a really happy ending, as strange as it may be. That's totally fine what the director said. And uh, I mean, I guess your guys' read that aliens were empathetic. Okay, you've been through enough. We're not going to F you up even more, right? I read it as 
you are so fucked up. We don't want you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You are like a terrible person. Yeah. We don't. We don't want you be, to be part of spaceship. our society. Yeah, we don't want to waste one of our things on you. So oh, that's so funny, Derek. You don't even merit a fucking throat alien. You're so fucked exactly. Up. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's canonical now. I'm taking I Derek's take as canon. I love that. <laughs> that's so <laughs> funny. That's how I read it. I was like, damn, that's harsh. She's like already being othered. And then she's, right, she's rejected like, by then, humans and aliens. <laughs> and aliens are like, yeah. <laughs> You're not even good enough to possess. Get off our fucking ship. <laughs> right? Peace. Peace out. Go home. <laughs> you know that's I love a downer dude. ending. So that's my ending now. <laughs> You're welcome, Jeff. <laughs> thank that's, you. Thank that's you, thank better you. than what they came up with because that redemptive ending stinks. They just don't. Uh, it's, it's not earned, right? And no in, one will save you, right? Like that's the name of the movie. Like I guess it's supposed to be like you have to save yourself by forgiving yourself. That's fucking dumb. Have the card for your convictions and have her either get abducted or – like, if you want to do a creepy, she's the only one left alive on Earth thing, do that too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think you could even, like, with just a minor tweak, make this ending okay, right? I guess if she's just never fully on the ship and they don't have to inexplicably release her. Or if it's, like, prey and you get the sense that these are predator aliens and they respect her, like, killing prowess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and they, yeah, like, yeah. kind of release her for that reason. I think it's kind of close to working. Like, oh, she's killed too many of us. Let's just leave her alone. And then everyone in the town treats her nice at the end, you know? Because they're all possessed and she's not. And she gets her little fucked up ending. I get that. But, like, to abduct her and to have her already subservient in that little pod and just to let her go because of her memories, that doesn't make Yeah. that I don't buy it. It almost works. It would have been so fucked up. If she's just like, you know what? I actually like this. It's nicer now that these people have to be nice to me and they have aliens. Yeah. That's super fucked up in Twist. And I, I kind of would have liked that a little bit. And that's kind of what it is. But they're putting too happy a spin on it. It just needs like a touch more fucked up this. Yeah. And it, I think it could have worked. They needed to commit to that. Because in the end, you're not even sure. Like, oh, it seems kind of like a dream sequence. And yeah. like, there's like a dancing scene and like... It doesn't seem, I don't know, solidified in any sort of way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no conviction behind this ending, I don't think. But you're right. I think a little tweak or two, and it would have been so much better. I think the ending could have worked with just a little bit of a change. That's definitely the weakest bit. It kind of fucked up the movie for me. <laughs> but I do think Caitlin Dever is fantastic throughout. Yeah, yes. she's good. She's good. Mm-hmm. She's, she's good. great. Have you guys seen her in anything else? Yeah, she's done quite a lot. Booksmart. Booksmart. uh, Booksmart. Yeah, okay, no. Yeah, okay. So I do remember that one. What else was she in? There was that show on Netflix, I think, called Unbelievable. Do you guys remember that? With Tony Collette? No, Mm -mm. I don't remember And she plays like this uh, sexual assault survivor, and Tony Collette and Merritt Weber are detectives investigating her case. It's really good. She was really good in that, too. She was in Justified. I really loved her in Short Term 12. Yeah, Short Term 12. I think she's great in that. I know she was kind of known for, what was it, other TV role? Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. I know she was Oh, was that. she? I never watched yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I never watched it, but every time I read an article about her, Caitlin Dever from Last Man Standing, I'm like, really? That's Why the thing you pick? Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, that's the thing you pick? But okay. Yeah, she was game for this. It was good. What she did with little to no dialogue is 
Very impressive. I did like that. Is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Do you recommend this? Should people see this? I recommend the first 30 minutes of this. <laughs> I think the first half is worth the price Yeah, the mentioned. first half. Right? Like, yeah, I yeah. think the first half is I'll good enough half. that like even the shitty ending makes you go, well, you know, I really liked that first half. Like, I think people will walk away from it not being unhappy they saw it. Because that first yeah. half is really good, and she's good throughout. I think you can still overall enjoy this. I'll say that I was very, very surprised by the first half and how good it was. Yeah. It, it, it kind of knocked me on my ass how good the suspense sequence is when she's first encountering the alien. It's so fucking good. It's real good. It's real good. Which kind of makes me disappointed even more. Watching it, I was like, oh man, this movie's cooking with gas. And then yeah, you go, it kind of ran out chops, of it. Right? Yeah. He's, yeah. It went from cooking with gas to what is he cooking? <laughs> yeah. I think we've given our thoughts. That will conclude this week's episode. Of course, we want to thank Brian Duffield for at least the first half of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me going back in time and Brandon Jeff with a rock. Watch out, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can find me at the world's okayest photos on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our show is subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, or any of the other popular apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if anybody questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on No One Will Save You, which is now streaming on Hulu, feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like getting listener mail. Sometimes we read it on the pod. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.